You're listening to the Phillies Nation podcast with Ty Daubert and Johnny Heller on philliesnation.com. Hey guys, what's going on? This is the Phillies Nation podcast. I'm your host, Ty Daubert, and as always, I am joined by Johnny Heller. Johnny, what's going on, man? You know, Ty, nothing much. I've been just waiting around for rumors, and this week has not been very fun uh, with rumors. No, nothing. It, it feels like, you know, there's been two signings in, in Martin and Will Smith. Uh, they, of course, both signed with the Braves, to probably the two top relief uh, free agents. But there weren't even rumors surrounding it. They just signed all of a sudden. You saw it yeah. out of the press release. Like, nobody even reported it. Yeah, I... I just want I just want something to work with, you know. These Yeah, I completely agree. I agree. They we need all the off-season rumors. I need lots of Heyman tweets. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, there are no rumors rolling around at this moment, but at the same time, we are in the off-season free agency has started, and today on this episode, we're going to do our um, ideal off-seasons. We're going to play GM on this episode for the Phillies, and Johnny and I are both going to lay out what our ideal off-seasons would be if we were the ones running the team. Uh, Johnny, what, I'm going to let you start this one, and we can get into your off-season. Sure. I am. I have been working on this for weeks, and I, I'm very excited to share it with everyone. Before uh, Before we start, we just wanted to let you know our off-seasons that we're laying out, uh, we're staying under the luxury tax. Um, that's something we're not really sure what, if the Phillies are going to do that or not, but um, for for this purpose, we are staying under the the CBT to um, put together our off-season. Yeah, all right, it's time to wheel and deal, so I'm going to dive in. So <clears throat> the first move that I will make is I'm going to sign Zach Wheeler to a five-year, $100 million contract, $20 million AAV against the tax. Ty, what do you think? Yeah, I like that. that. We've, we've talked about it. Wheeler is kind of the – he's kind of the third-ish best starting pitcher on the market, and he feels like the guy the Phillies should be going after if they don't go after Colin Strasburg. Yeah, I agree. And I think that number – uh, makes sense. I hope that it doesn't go above that number because there's definitely some risk there. But I mean, five years, one hundred million, I would assume gets it done. But who knows? There might be some desperate teams once Cole and Strasburg are off the board. Uh, so my next move, I'm going to sign Mike Mustakis to a two-year, twenty-four million dollar deal. That's another twelve million dollars against the tax in 2020. I just think that when you look at you know Josh Donaldson. Uh, he's a really good player, but he's getting a lot older. Uh, I think he's 34, and while he's coming off a great season, you're going to have to pay him you know, $20, $25 million a year over t- maybe three years. And I just don't think they can afford that, uh, especially this year. If they're not looking to go over the tax, that would really keep them from doing anything else. And I think Moustakis is the, a perfect substitute. He's not going to be as good as Donaldson, but he still has that th- 30-plus home run potential. He can play an okay third base, and and I think he would be a really, really good piece in this lineup. Yeah, I agree. If, if like, they don't go the 
luxury tax route, if they don't go the Donaldson route. Um, for free agent-wise, Moustakas is probably the guy, assuming they do te- uh, non-tender Michael Franco, which we all assume is going to happen. <laughs> yeah, listen, if they tender Michael Franco, I I don't want them to, but that would be a great day on Twitter. It'd be uh, hilarious. It'd Great for content. Yeah, but not great for Matt Klintak. It would be a bad look. Uh, moving on, the next two moves are just a couple uh, moves to stir up the bullpen a little bit. I'm going to assign Dylan Batantis to a one-year $8 million deal, a uh, good bounce-back candidate. And then I'm signing Brandon Kinsler to a two-year $11 million deal. So that's another $5.5 million against the tax. He's just a pretty solid arm to have uh, in the pen. So those two guys to stir up the pen. Uh, another guy I didn't put in here but that I've been – I think we talked about him last week and that I've been thinking about a little bit, Blake Trinan. Uh, he hasn't, we don't know whether or not he'll be non-tendered or by the athletics, but he's just another guy I'd, I'd keep an eye on for the bullpen. Uh, what are your thoughts there, Ty? Yeah, I, I, I like it. Um, Trinan is somebody that I know you have mentioned before and I know you didn't fit him in, but him, uh, whether or not he gets non-tendered or he gets tendered a contract could be super interesting for the Phillies, especially after, like I said earlier, they missed out on uh, both Martin and Smith to the Braves. So I, I like the bullpen help. Um, they're going to need a little bit of upgrading this season. So, yeah, I like it. Cool. All right, next two moves. I'm going to shore up the bench. I'm giving Howie Kendrick a two-year, $12 million deal. Might have to be three years, 18. I'm not really sure. Uh postseason hero he had a really good year last year uh probably the best available bench guy on the market so i think he'll be tough to get uh so i think he's worth the money though maybe even a little more than that uh and i'm signing him and then i'm also going to bring back brad miller on a four one year four million dollar deal so that's just i mean shoring up the bench there uh Last year, when you have Andrew Knapp coming off the bench in the ninth inning, I know you love Knapp, but, I mean, when he's your best option, there's something wrong. So just, you know, having those guys on the bench that can maybe even start some some games uh, week by week and fill in if there's injuries, I think Miller and Kendrick are two guys who could really uh, do a good job filling in there. Yeah, I agree. And so as it stands right now, I've added $55.5 million, which goes over the luxury tax, uh, by Matt Gelb of the Athletics Estimation. Uh, the Phillies have $44 million of room. My, by my estimation, they have 42 somewhere in there. Uh, so I need to figure out a way to get back down. So I make two trades as GM of the Phillies. My first is to trade Jake Arietta and Jojo Romero to the Rangers in exchange for Prince Fielder, uh, or the Prince Fielder contract. has one year, uh, $9 million left, so you pay that contract. You know, you're paying $9 million for the, the, to give the Rangers a prospect in Jojo Romero, a, still a pretty solid prospect, and, uh, but, you know, not anything blue chip or anything near that. And you're, you're giving them the Arietta contract, uh, which is only one year, $20 million, but he does count $25 million against the tax. So if you get them to pay that contract, you're taking $60 million off the books. So just with that, I am actually under the tax. Um, and then the last move I make is I am trading Reese Hoskins 
Adam Hazley, and Odubel Herrera, not paying a dime of the Herrera contract, to the Indians for Aaron Savali and reliever Nick Goody, and uh, utility guy Jake Bauer. So my thought here really is that uh, they need like a, a, another young controllable, controllable arm, I think. Uh, if they're looking to stay under the tax for the foreseeable future, having a rotation with uh, a few guys that are controllable is, is really important. And I know you're getting up Hoskins and Hazley, and those are two pretty pretty uh, big pieces, but you're getting rid of the Herrera contract too, and you're bringing in a really good pitcher in Aaron Savali and a decent relief, relief guy in Nick Goody. And one signing, I just realized I forgot because I have a hole in center field. I'm signing Shogo Akayama to a three-year, $50 million deal. He's 31 years old, has been tearing up the Japanese league his whole career, really good OBP guy. Uh, there are questions as to how he fits in the majors. You know, some guys figure it out, some guys don't. He's still probably an above-average defensive player in center field. Uh, he used to be an elite player. He slowed down a little bit. But uh, at $5 million a year, if you can get a, you know, an average center fielder, that, that deal would be worth it. What do you think about Akayama Matai? Because I know we talked about it a little bit, but what would you what would your thought be there? I don't really know a whole lot about him, but I like his leg kick a lot, so that is reason enough for me to want him on the Phillies. I'd say, um, if he can stick in center field, that would be really helpful to this team. But uh, like you said, the reports over there that are that he is declining at least a little bit, so that has some concerns. But he's somebody on that deal that. I think you could take a risk on. Yeah, and you know, I, I traded Hazley because I think he adds value in the, in the deal to to the Indians. And do we've talked about it before. Do we think he figures in center field long term here? Hazley? Yeah. I don't. I don't think his range is good enough. Yeah, and he's not... I mean, how is he going to hit? He's going to have a 740 OPS. That's fine if you're playing really good defense in center field, but... Um, I think his best value to the Phillies now is as a trade chip. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. I agree. So I'm just going to roll through my lineup and everything. Just let me know what you think. So my lineup is going to be uh, Shogo Akayama. It's going to be my leadoff hitter. And then Andrew McCutcheon, Bryce Harper, Mike Moustakis, Alec Bohm, JT Orimuto, Scott Kingery, and Gene Segura. Kingery figures in at shortstop and Segura is my second baseman uh, and then my bench is going to be Howie Kendrick uh, Jake Bowers Brad Miller Andrew Knapp and Jay Bruce I would say that is a much improved bench over last season I think they would they go into the season with Knapp Altair Williams Quinn I yeah it was something like that I'm not sure not exactly. not this is definitely an upgrade yeah oh yeah for sure uh, my rotation is Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, Aaron Savali, Spencer Howard, and Zach Eflin. This is the piece I am most excited about because each of these guys, I mean, Nola's controllable for four more years. Uh, Wheeler under the contract would be controllable for five. Savali, I mean, he hasn't even, he just pitched one year, so five or six years of control there, six years of control for Howard, and then Eflin, three years of control. So uh, just a Good young rotation with a lot of control, uh, really cheap, and I just think that's exciting if they get something like that without having to spend too much money. 
Um, I mean, I, I am interested to hear your thoughts on that rotation. Yeah, uh, it's super controllable, so pretty young, which is really positive, like you said. I think that would be one of the better rotations in the National League, at least. And, yeah, I do like it. I like keeping Eflin around, and I like having Howard penciled in there as well. Cool. And then my pen, Dallin Batantis, Saranthi Dominguez, Hector Neris, Jose Alvarez, Adam Morgan, Brandon Kinsler, Vince Velasquez, counting, back, counting on bounce back Victor Arano, and then Nick Goody. We're getting you bounce talk... back Arano. We're getting it. Yeah, I was going to say, we should talk about Arano a little bit. Because uh, he, I mean, I remember in spring training, he was horrible. Like, I think he, he was, was hurt. Yeah, well, he was horrible, and then everyone was like, oh, he's probably hurt. And then, and he, then was he was very hurt. obviously hurt, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, I'm expecting a good Arano this year. People forget how good he can be. He was very good in 2018, uh, at least for some stretches. He's He's got good stuff. I, I am excited for him. Having Dominguez back, uh, hopefully to his early 2018 form, would be... I mean, that'd be huge for this team. Yeah, that, that's better than any free agent uh, reliever out there, I'd say. Absolutely. And then I think just, you know, adding Kinsler and Batantis in there... Really shores up that pen. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. Well, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I'm excited about the prospects of this. I think they probably make, at most, two of the moves I laid out. But, you know. Yeah, who, who knows, though? Who really knows? Yeah, maybe, you know, if Clintac's listening, you know. Maybe, yeah, he might listen. He might listen. All right, you ready for me to dive into my ideal offseason here? All right, let's hear. And for what it's worth, for listeners out there, Ty has already heard mine several times. Like, I've texted him about it for, for weeks. I have not heard Ty, so this is... Any reactions you get from me right now are very genuine, and, and I really don't know what's coming. But he's yeah, hyped it up. Like it. I think you'll so. like it. I think All you'll right. like it. Let's hear it. All right. First move, we, we got some similarities here. So, first move I'm going to do, we've talked about this, signing Zach Wheeler to five years, $100 million, uh, for $20 million a year. So... I, we agree there. Then I'm also going to sign Didi Gregorius. I'm going to sign him to one year, $15 million. Uh-huh. Going to sign Dylan Batances. I think they can get him for one year, $7.5 million. Wow. $0.5 million less than I'm giving him. That's low ball offer right there. Well, whatever. Um, <laughs> here's where it starts to get interesting. I'm going to trade Jake Arrieta, Damon Jones, and Jojo Romero for Garrett Richards, who makes $7.75 million this year. I'm trading him. I'm trading them to the Padres. Uh, if the Padres miss out on big free agent pitchers, uh, maybe not big, but, you know, that middle tier, I think this is something they could consider. Uh, one year of Arietta, we've talked about this. And I think this is something they could do to both free up space and uh, get a, a bounce back Richards. Uh, what I wanted to hear what you think about that. You know, it's intriguing. My one question is, like, would the Padres really be more sold on bounce back Arietta than they would be on Garrett Richards? I just, I mean, um, I don't know. I don't think so, but I think the combination of Arietta, a close to MLB ready Damon Jones, and an interesting prospect in JoJo Romero could get it done. Okay, I mean that's. It's definitely intriguing. I I would do it. 
if I was the Phillies. I think there are maybe some questions from the Padres side. But like you said, if they miss out on everybody and are just looking for something, uh, we, we've agreed on this already. Arietta makes a lot of sense there. Yeah, and so I like it. Maybe they just maybe they're not as sold on Richards bouncing back. So I think they I think they could do this if they miss out on guys. Yeah. Um, next move I'm gonna make I'm gonna sign Brad Miller to one year three million dollars. I think you had him at four, but yeah. he was he's their best bench player. I think Ty Low Ty Ball. Sh- shut up. <laughs> <laughs> next next move I'm gonna make. This is where it gets really interesting here. I'm trading Alec Bohm, Adam Hazley, Adonis Medina, and Odubel Herrera for Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant makes $18.5 million this year, and Odubel Herrera, uh, his luxury tax number is $6.1 million. So that'll free up a little bit more space for them in order to take on that Chris Bryant deal. I think this package could get it done. The Cubs are, they seem to be trying to shed salary. And I don't think, I don't know, they seem like the type of team that might take Odubel Herrera. Uh, they've had, you know, no issues keeping Addison Russell, so so who knows. And even if they want to take Herrera, just add in another lower-level prospect, and maybe you can trade Odubel Herrera to a different team for, like, international bonus money, uh, something like that, just to free up that space. But I think there is a realistic chance that they could trade for Chris Bryant this offseason. What do you think? Uh, I'm going to hold my thoughts till after you finish up your offseason because I think we should talk about Bryant and Francisco Lindor. All right, we could do uh, that. We could do that in yeah. a little bit. Um, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, so I only have one move, one more move after this because Bryant, he makes a lot of money, so <laughs> there's not as much. Uh, moves on the peripheral to make, but I'm going to bring back Phil Gosselin for one year, 800000 and he'll be he'll be a staple on the bench this season. Ty, you know that uh, some people call Phil Gosselin uh, the right-handed Greg Dobbs? Some people say that's, that's kind of who he is. I but think that's just you. It might be, but am I wrong? Is it a wrong statement to make? Uh, Greg Dobbs hit home runs off the bench. Listen, Gosselin didn't get enough chances this year. That he, he <laughs> whatever. I'm not talking to you anymore about this. Um, but yeah, that's my that's my off season. That leaves you with a lineup of it, it would look something like this: McCutcheon, Bryant, Real Muto, Harper, Hoskins, Gregorius, Segura at second, and Scott Kingery in center field. Your bench would consist of Jay Bruce, Brad Miller. Roman Quinn, Phil Gosselin, and Andrew Knapp. Your rotation would be Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, Garrett Richards, uh, Spencer Howard, and Zach Eflin. Your bullpen would be Dylan Batances, Robert Stock, Sir Anthony Dominguez, Adam Morgan, Jose Alvarez, Victor Arano, Vince Velasquez, and Hector Neris. What do you think? I like it. I, I forgot about Robert Stock. Uh, so did I until I had a different move set up and realized I couldn't afford it. Nice. I so would you're... like to let everyone know that I finished this off season at two thirty in the morning, uh, the night prior to us recording. It was finished a little bit earlier than that, and then right as I was about to go to bed, I realized I messed up my calculations and I had to redo it. 
yeah, just had to lowball Brad Miller to get it done, right? He's not. Do you think he's getting four million? You know, I don't know because guess what, Ty? Neither of us are actual MLB GMs. N- not yet. Well, yeah, that's true. I think I don't know. Give it what two, three years. How we'll old? Be there. How old, Ty Bloom? He's like twenty-two. No, I'm kidding. He's like what thirty-five, thirty-six. Yeah, he was younger when he got hired, though. Yeah, well, he was right out of college when he got hired by the Rays. I'm pretty sure he's been there for 15 years or something. I don't know. We'll be GMs one day, I think. You know, well, I will. I don't you know, know, if the Phillies, they look at, uh, they or they listen to this episode, here are our off seasons, maybe John Middleton gives us the job. Yeah. But what? do you have anything you want to you wanna say about my off season before we move on or no? No, I like that rotation, and it's another pretty cheap, uh, not, I mean, it's really just the same rotation with Richards instead of Savali, but I just love the idea of of the control. It's just, um, obviously Richards isn't controllable, but everyone else in that rotation is, and I just, that excites me, having a a long-term plan. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I think, like, this this rotation could be good. This could be uh, the foundation for the Phillies. And I think, I don't know, I hope that they do something like this this offseason. Uh, do you have any moves you want to talk about that almost made your offseason and didn't? Um, that almost made my offseason. Um, I almost signed a couple more relievers. You know, I considered C-Shack, uh, Hudson, but nothing else, um, nothing else big because uh, once I figured out I was trading for Bryant, there wasn't much else that I could do. Right. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think the only thing that I changed back and forth a couple times was whether I was trading for Corey Kluber or Aaron Savali. Uh, and I went with Savali because of the control. But I think Kluber will be cheaper, and... I am counting on the fact that he will bounce back this year. I am, like, 70% sure that he's going to be back. I almost signed Tommy Hunter and Mike Morin. I'm not going to lie. Wow. <laughs> I almost did. I almost did. Wait, how does how does Vince Velasquez figure into your team? Um, He's in the bullpen. I said that. Okay. I, I missed that. Yep. Just making sure... I mean, it's good he's not in, in your rotation. There, there's a there's a world where he would be in the rotation. Ty, remember August, okay? I will forget <laughs> about August for the rest of my life. All right, that's fine. I I mean, we talked about this yesterday. Like when you texted me in the second inning of a Phillies Marlins game and said, "I think Vince Velasquez is back," and then in the fourth inning he gave up seven runs. I thought it was the third. Oh, maybe it was the third, but either way, he blew a seven-run lead right after you texted me that. Listen, listen, he was good for, like, a pretty decent stretch before that, and he looked good through two. Ty, he wasn't good. He was good for Vince Velasquez. He was good. Come on. There's a huge difference between that. Five innings, two runs isn't, like, that's not good. That's good. good. That's he's, not good. He's that's good for Vince starter. Velasquez. He's your fifth starter. Dude, I think people forget, like, how bad fifth starters are for most teams. Yeah, I mean, how bad is the Dodgers' fifth starter? Okay, that's the Dodgers, though. Not every team is built like the Dodgers. Yeah, but wouldn't you rather be built like the Dodgers than have... Joe Ross started a World Series game. Yeah? Your point? 
He's better. Vince Velasquez is better than him. Come on. Uh, he's better, in my mind at least. Uh, I don't know about that. He's better. I don't know. He will be next year. Book it. All right, we can move on. Uh, <laughs> so, one thing we wanted to touch on again. Uh, both of our off seasons, we stayed under the tax, uh, but Matt Gelb of the Athletic has mentioned that they the Phillies might. They, they have two off-seasons planned, one with Garrett Cole and one without Garrett Cole. And me and Ty are just going to go ahead and assume that the one with Garrett Cole would involve them going over the luxury tax because you'd have to pay him probably $33, $34 million per year. And if you stayed under the luxury tax with that, you'd only have $8 million of room, which wouldn't be enough to, to get stuff done. So we wanted to talk about what an off-season might look like, how it might look different if they you know, sign Garrett Cole and decide to really, as Ty put it, Ball out. Got to ball out. So uh, the the penalties for going over the luxury tax, so if you stay, if you go $20 million over or, or less, uh, there's, a I think, a 20% tax. If you go another $20 million over or less, so $40 million total, it's another 12.5% tax, if I have that number correct. It's something like that. And then if you go over further, which they wouldn't do, it's it's uh, stuff with draft picks. It's like a 45% tax. They would they would not go more than $40 million over. So I just wanted to talk with Ty a little bit about what that might look like. So, Ty, I mean, what, what, what other things do you think they'd be looking to do once they sign Garrett Cole? Yeah, if they sign Garrett Cole, I still think Patances is someone they'd go after. But... You know, some other things would have to would have to happen. I think they would still go after a second starter to add. Maybe somebody like Michael Pineda, Julio Tehran, Cole Hamels, somebody like that. In that range, going to make about ten ish million dollars a year. Um, after that, who knows? Maybe they make a big trade. Something like what I said in my off season. Maybe a Lindor trade. Uh, Bet's trade seems a little bit less likely, but but who knows? I think that I think that uh, if they are going completely all out, that's something they would have to consider. Yeah, I mean, I see a Cole off season as as the kind of off season where they would actually trade for maybe Corey Kluber, um, sign guys like Dita Gregorius and Mike Mustakis who aren't cheap, but they aren't. I don't think we talked about this last night too. Would they sign Donaldson? I don't think so because he's just he's just so expensive, and even if you're going over, that would that would limit what, what else you can do. But you can sign Gregorius, sign uh, Mustakis. I am a little torn on whether they would actually whether uh, getting Garrett Cole would make them more or less likely to go after a Lindor or Bryant because the way you look at it, you you have you know thirty three or thirty four million dollars committed to Cole for the next eight or so years. You have uh, what's Harper's AAV? It's 26? 20, like 25 point something. Right. So you have that committed to Harper for the next 12 years. Would they really do that for another play? Would they have three mega contracts? Because I don't think you're trading for Chris Bryant or Francisco Lindor unless you're sure that you uh, both are going to try to resign them and that there's a good chance that they would be willing to resign with you or even you know sign an extension. So what do you think about that? I mean, do you think there is is that kind of uh, 
chance that it might make them even less likely to, to pursue a trade like that? Maybe, but at the same time, those guys, they don't make that much in the next year or so, but they they lose a ton of contract next season. Uh, Arietta comes off the books. Robertson comes off the books. Um, some others that I'm forgetting, but especially those two. Um, so they would have a little bit of room. Maybe next year they don't go into, sorry, going into 2021, they won't be in the luxury tax. But then when they have to re-sign, um, you know, Lindor or Bryant or whoever they trade for, then they, they'll be ready to go back in and they won't have to pay the returners. Right. I mean, my thing it would is be hard. If, it would definitely if, be hard to to pull off. I mean, you're also talking real muto extension, and this is this is what Gel Mac Gelb of the Athletic is like the fourth time I've mentioned him on this podcast. Uh, he had a piece out yesterday or maybe two, Monday or Tuesday, uh, talking about how uh, there's not really that that talent, that cheap elite talent available in the farm system right now that that you can, you know, make these moves and, and expect everything else to fill out. You'll still have to be making other moves likely for the next, for the years to come. And, and that's going to be really tough if you have uh, over $100 million committed to, you know, Real Muto, Harper, Cole, and and a, another star. So, I don't know. Like you said, I mean, they can probably dip back under the tax next year and then reset. But still, I don't know if they would, be willing to have that much uh, in such a small group of players. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. It'll yeah. be interesting. Like, I, I don't think they get Cole, so we'll probably never really know. But like John Middleton said, if they, if he feels like they could compete for a World Series, he'll go into the luxury tax. So yeah. I, I think Garrett Cole is the type of guy that they would make all these moves for. Yeah. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I just, like you said, we probably won't see. I think Gary Cole is going to sign somewhere else, but that would be a very intriguing. Uh, it'd be intriguing to watch that play out for sure. Um, but moving on, we've already talked about it a lot uh, today. The idea of trading for Chris Bryant or Francisco Lindor, or even Mookie Betts. Uh, but I just wanted to talk about it even further. Uh, Ty, first of all, how likely do you think? it would be for them to trade for a Bryant or a Lindor or a Betts? I think, I don't, I don't know. It's probably not extremely likely, but if those guys were to get traded, if they were to go, the Phillies are one of the more likely teams to be in, I feel like. So I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure how likely it is to happen, but if those guys are going to get traded, I think there's a decent chance, like as good as any other team, that the Phillies are in on them because, you know, maybe they don't have the prospects to definitely get it done um, compared to some of the other teams. But the thing they do have is they're willing to spend money and extend these guys, which might keep some of the teams with better prospects out of it. Yeah, I mean, that's true. We look at, I would say the Dodgers and the Yankees are really the two, like, uh, competitors here. Uh you know, teams with a better farm system, like systems like the the Rays and the Braves, they won't be in on these players just because they can't afford to, like you said, to extend them. Uh, I think, you know, you had Bryant in your offseason, and, and I agree that he's probably the most likely because he will be 
the cheapest, and the Cubs do seem like the team most inclined to blow things up this offseason. Uh, my personal preference, and I'm sure this is the same for you and most people, would be uh, tr- to trade for Francisco Lindor. For me, even if it's a little more, if it costs more prospects, he's just so good. He plays shortstop, which, I mean, that's a premier position. And he plays a really good shortstop. He's 25. He's a switch hitter. He 30-plus home run potential. I mean, it's all there. And just having Francisco Lindor through the prime of his career would be so much fun. Because, again, he's also he's also a really fun player. He's good. He's got that J-roll energy a little bit. Uh, so, you know, he's the guy I would want. But I think Bryant would be the most likely if they were to really – uh, go after any of these guys. Yeah, and the thing about Lindor is I worry that they would have to give up Howard and Bohm, which is something I don't think they can afford to do. And they, you saw it last year. So much of their 40-man last year was just dead space. They, and when injuries and ineffectiveness came up, they had no, they had no way to keep the, the major league roster afloat, really and keep them competitive because they lacked um, depth in their upper minor leagues. So I I wouldn't want to completely rid the organization of of their upper depth, but one trade for someone who is an MVP type of player but maybe would cost a little bit less than somebody like Lindor, I, I think that the Bryant trade would make sense from that standpoint. Yeah, Uh just something I was just thinking about when you mentioned that you think Bohm and Howard might have to go in the Lindor trade. How would you rank in terms of value Alec Bohm, Spencer Howard, and Scott Kingery? That's a tough one. I think uh, – ooh, I don't know. I think they're all pretty similar. I think that it probably goes Bohm, Kingery, Howard, but they're – None of them are really far off. Yeah, I think it's tough because Alec Bohm, if Alec Bohm was a good defensive third baseman, I would say it's him in a heartbeat. Even like a, a like a fine defensive right. third baseman. Like just below average or something, but he's he can't stick there. And, I mean, Scott Kingery's contract, he's it's pretty so, cheap. It's, it, it's a steal. He's really cheap through the RB years, which would be huge for, you know, a team like the Indians uh, in a Lindor trade um, and his ability to play. Like Klintak said, he is the Phillies' best defensive player at four positions. Four. Like, that's crazy. And that's pretty unheard of in baseball today other than, you know, you have your Ben Zobris, uh, Whit Merrifield can play a couple positions. But that's really valuable. Uh, and are the Phillies even going to use use him? like to the best of his abilities do you think are they going to take advantage of that i don't know i think i don't i don't think so i don't think so they're going to stick him at one position for the most part i think yeah i mean and that's not the worst thing in the world it, yeah it well it also to it's also not a bad thing because it'll mean they have like regular starters good enough penciled in at most of the positions right but I don't know. The way they used him early on in 2018, his rookie year, was pretty fun. Like, yeah. they played him in right, left, shortstop, yeah. all he that. He just couldn't and, hit. Yeah, if he could have hit, he would have been super valuable. But instead, yeah. 
He couldn't and, hit. And, and he also was bad at shortstop early on in yeah. his career. And he hit for two months in 2019 and turned into a very valuable player. Um, and, you know, you hope that he can figure that out. But we've talked we talked about this. He I strikes out way the, too much. What? He strikes out way too much. Yeah, we talked about this on the second episode of this podcast. He's he's super inconsistent. His strikeout rate is Jorge Alfaro-esque. Well, not that bad, but it was like 30% last year. Um, and that's something you hope he would be able to work on and figure out. But some guys work on it, and they can never figure that out in their career. So so you said you wouldn't be willing to trade Bohm and Howard but would you for for Lindor? Would you be willing to trade two of Boehm, Howard, and Kingery for Lindor? Would you like a Howard and and Kingery package? I, I don't know. Kingery I'd prefer package? I'd prefer to keep two out of three rather than trade two out of the three. Yeah, that's fair. It's tough because they 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 do lack depth, and they're going to need yeah. these guys that are actually major league yeah. ready or close to major league ready if they want to compete. Yeah. For sure. But Lindor would be so much fun, Ty. Yeah, he's so good. <laughs> he's so good, which is why if you can get Bryant for one of those, that I think that makes up for it. Yeah. It would be cool if they could have, you know, Nola, Harper, Muto, Hoskins, and then, you know, a Lindor or Bryant through the prime of their career all at the same time. Yeah, that That'd would be, be awesome. Amazing. So, yeah, I think I agree. It's something that could happen. It probably won't, but it could. Um, we'll probably see them linked at some point. They've already been like kind of linked. The Phillies are going to be linked but... to everybody. They were linked to yeah. everyone last season, last off season, and it's going to happen again. And I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Like we said earlier, yeah. there have not been any rumors, and I want the Phillies to be connected to everyone and see everyone freak out. Ty, will we be recording emergency podcast this off season? Yeah, yeah, we're we're gonna have to get get recording. As soon as we hear of signings, whether I think we should do it for every move they make, whether it's a reliever or or Garrett Cole, you know, no yeah, matter what, yeah. we got to do it. Even if it's just minute. yeah, even if it's just a fifteen minute, or we, we, I think we have to. If we can spend fifteen minutes talking about bringing back back Brad Miller, then we will do it. And when they know, bring back you... Tommy Hunter, I want to yeah. have the only oh, Tommy like Hunter emergency or, pod. Two or three hours, I think. Maybe four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I agree though. We'll have to we'll have to do the emergency pods. I'm I, you know, we we saw some signings by the Braves already. They hopped on early. But I am very much looking forward to see how this offseason is going to play out. Uh, we gave you our G, uh, our offseasons if we were GM. It probably won't look anything like that, but it's going to be fun to see how it'll work out, you know, regardless. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It, the off season, it drags, but it's pretty fun. I mean, less than a month to the winter meetings, when stuff really starts to happen. Um, so, yeah, was it last year at the winter meetings where Middleton said stupid money, or was that the GM meetings? I think that was the GM meetings, which are happening right now, right? Yeah. So maybe okay. we get maybe we get a good quote pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah, you cool. have anything? You have anything else to add? You have you have your stat of this episode. I did not make one because I was up too late doing my off season. Yeah. But I mean, we funny, all know what your stat would be: Andrew Knapp, blah blah blah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Best catch baseball. So, all right, I so I do apologize for anyone who follows me on Twitter. The past like 
24 hours, I've just been on baseball reference looking at the 08-09 Phillies and just looking at how incredible each of those players were and tweeting about them. So I apologize because it's been pretty nonstop. But the, I'm just going to share one of those stats with you that I, I looked at last night. Uh, so this is the, the MLB leaders in complete game shutouts since 2008. First, Clayton Kershaw. He's got 15. I mean, he's been the best pitcher of this generation. Second, Cliff Lee with 12. Third, Roy Halladay with 11. Ty, Cliff Lee hasn't pitched since 2014. And Roy Halladay didn't pitch after 2013. Correct. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. I mean, yeah. That's, I don't know. I, I Not to sound like an old person, but, you know, they just don't make them like they used to. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Boomer. All right. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. I made a stat. I found a stat. I found a stat. Oh, great. Of course, of course. In their rookie seasons, Chase Utley and Andrew Knapp had the same Fangraphs war. How many how many plate appearances did Utley have in his rookie season? Utley had 152. Andrew Knapp had... He had 204. They both had right. ze- they both had zero point three war. I just looked that up right now. <laughs> wow, I appreciate that. That's a great stat. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> That's so dumb. Gosh, <laughs> Andrew Knapp was as good as Chase Utley when they were rookies. Yeah, do you think uh, Andrew Knapp will have five consecutive seven plus four seasons? Maybe. Could. Yeah, he could be. He yeah he could do it he could do it yeah probably but but yeah on that note I think we should wrap this episode up let us know what you think of the off seasons you can find us on Twitter uh, at Ty Dobbert and at Johnny Heller or you can tweet at Phillies Nation uh, thank you guys for listening and we will talk to you next week. You can listen to the Phillies Nation podcast with Ty Daubert and Johnny Heller every Wednesday on philliesnation.com and all streaming services.